Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. To give a little bit of context, I used to work in an apartment complex. And as a result, I've had my fair share of uh, creepy encounters, I guess you could say, Most residents, they keep to themselves and don't cause issues, probably about maybe 95%, but the other 5% took up almost all of my time. Isaac was one of the 5%. When he first rented his apartment, he definitely had stoner vibes, but he was nice enough and passed his background check. Almost immediately though, he started causing issues. The lady next door complained that she could smell his smoke constantly, The guy downstairs complained that he could hear his stereo all hours of the day and night. Another resident accused him of following him home one night. The police were regularly there, breaking up fights between him and his girlfriends too. We caught him hiding two large dogs in his apartment, and he regularly let them run loose, which ultimately resulted in another dog and two people getting attacked, and he accidentally discharged a gun in his apartment once too. Needless to say, he caused a lot of issues. At first, he was very apologetic and said that he would make an effort to remedy the problems. But things just kept getting worse and after a year of weekly calls or notices from the office, he eventually became standoffish. One morning too, I received a call from Isaac letting me know that he'd broken up with one of his girls and she wouldn't leave the apartment. He asked me to personally come up and remove her. I'm a small woman, so even if I wanted to take the risk, I physically wouldn't be able to wrestle an angry woman out of the apartment. I suggested that he call the police, but he then asked if I could make a maintenance man come up to remove her. I offered to call the police on his behalf, but Isaac said that he didn't want to involve them and hung up. A few hours later, Isaac came down to the office with a a jump drive and said that he needed to print out a 50-plus page document... Residents weren't technically allowed to use our officer printer, but on the rare occasion someone asked who, I usually didn't say no. It was an easy way to build good rapport after all, but between Isaac becoming such a problem tenant and how large his document was, I told him that I couldn't print his document. 
I gave the excuse that our paper, toner or printer history was monitored and we would get in trouble for printing such a large document out for him. Not liking my answer, he started screaming all sorts of obscenities and he accused me of being useless, bringing up my refusal to fight his ex and power tripping and he called me names multiple times and said someone needed to bring me down a peg and stuff like this. I was pretty over him at this point and told him that if he was going to behave like a child that he needed to leave. He told me that I couldn't make him and bluntly I told him that he would leave or I would call the police and have him removed. I also told him that I would ban him from the office going forward. Normally I, I try to kill the residents with kindness but his lease was ending in a week and I didn't care anymore if he hated me. My threat? It seemed to work too. He angrily knocked my pen holder over and then slammed both doors hard as he left. The following morning though, there was a police officer waiting for me when I got to work. He asked if Isaac was a resident and I confirmed that he was. The officer explained that the body of a person had been discovered the day before and Isaac was apparently their prime suspect. He was the last person to text this person asking him to meet him where this body was and he was found shortly after the message. The police believed that Isaac had been paid to kill him and based on the timing of the text and when the boy was discovered, Isaac would have had to have left my office and pretty much gone directly there. And that is pretty terrifying to think about. Ultimately, the police wanted to use Isaac's move out day as an opportunity to try and catch him. But to nobody's surprise, he didn't show up. When I walked his apartment to inspect for damage, and there was a lot. I found a bank receipt from the day of the murder. Someone had wired him $17,000. Thankfully, I never did see Isaac again, but I did find out that he was caught in another country a few months later. And is now in prison. This happened when I was about 16 years old, so over 20 years ago. I have five younger siblings and my little sister would have been five years old. We lived in a, a pretty bad neighborhood at the time, in the housing projects pretty much, and our neighbor was nice but she always had sketchy looking people hanging around, especially men. One day too, these two new guys started hanging out there every day. They'd always be outside smoking or just sitting on a porch and stuff. They made me just really uncomfortable too. They were always staring at me and would sometimes try to get me to walk over and talk to them. Or they'd come over into our yard when my parents weren't home and talk to me. Asking me if I had a boyfriend and asking me if I wanted some beer or weed or whatever. I was a goody two-shoes Mormon girl so I was always like, no thank you, I have to go inside now. They were probably both around 30 years old or so and then they started coming over and asking to use our phone when my parents weren't home. My parents always let the neighbors use our phone so I never said no but I would just pass it through the door and make them stay on the porch. They'd sometimes ask to come in or try to talk to me but I would tell them no because my parents weren't home. Now I realize how dumb that was because they could have just pushed the door open but I was raised to ignore red flags and be polite and sweet at all times. Anyway, we had a little dog and I always took him outside early in the morning on a leash. 
I was out one morning and one of the guys came outside and stood there staring at me for a few minutes and then went back in. I brought the dog back inside and just a few minutes later there's a quiet knock on the door. I opened it and both the guys are there and one of them says, Hey, uh, we just saw your baby sister out by the highway. You need to come and get her. I panicked and ran outside with them. I started to run down our street towards the highway and one of them says, uh, No, we'll drive you down there. We need to hurry. I seriously took two steps towards their truck too before I realized what was going on. I stopped and said that I needed to go back inside and tell my parents and the man closest to me grabbed my arm and jerked me towards the truck yelling, We have to go now. She's going to get hit by a car. I instantly felt sick and just yelled, let go of me. He dropped my arm and I ran back inside my house. I ran into my parents' bedroom to wake them up and my little sister was sleeping in their bed with them. I woke everyone up because I was freaking out and my dad ran outside and the guys in their truck were gone. I never did see them again either at my neighbor's house. I wish that I could say that my parents called the police or something, but they just kind of shrugged it off and made excuses like maybe they saw another kid that looked like your sister. I know deep down that that was just not the case. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is something that happened to me when I was a kid and I just wanted to share the story since it stuck with me for so long. I was about seven or eight years old. Can't recall exactly, but it was around that age. And one weekend, I was visiting my grandparents who at the time lived in the countryside. I'm from Bosnia, Europe. They were only about uh, maybe an hour's drive away and we went there early in the morning. Their house is in this wooded area with a long winding road leading up to each individual house, of which there weren't many, maybe three or four at most. I knew the area well though since I went to visit almost every weekend. Besides going up to the houses, there's one section of the road that leads directly into the woods, sort of like a natural trail I guess. Our car broke down exactly around that spot, flat tire. Since we were very close to where my grandparents live, and my folks knew that I was familiar with the area, they let me go for a walk while my dad fixed the tire. This was at about maybe 9 or 10 in the morning, so they weren't really afraid to let me run around a bit. Being the curious kid that I was, still am, I went for the forest trail since the main dirt road wasn't very exciting. 
The trees were very tall and dense, so even during daytime it was kind of dark. I went up the forest trail for a few hundred meters in until I came to the crossroads. Now, this was more than 20 years ago, but it left a lasting impression on me, so here's what I recall. In the middle of the crossroads, at the very point at the road's fork, there was a small sort of cave or opening of some sort. I went a bit closer and I noticed what seemed like fireflies sparkling into the pitch black hole. Not sure if fireflies even light up during the day, but that's how I remember it. Besides that, I just felt this... I don't know... It's hard to describe, but the best way I can describe it is presence. As if I wasn't alone there. As if the cavern was beckoning me to enter it. And then I noticed what seemed like several pairs of smaller red eyes peering from the darkness. At this point, I was quite spooked, thinking it was maybe an animal of some kind. And I decided not to go any further and just sort of slowly backed away. This is in Southeast Europe, so there aren't really many dangerous animals around. Pretty rarely you'll see a wolf or a bear, but that's really unusual. Not near human settlements, too. Anyway, nothing followed me and I had no trouble getting back. I decided not to tell my parents about this since I figured that they would be mad and wouldn't let me play unsupervised for the remainder of our visit. But they decided to leave me with my grandparents and pick me up on Monday while they went back during the afternoon. Now, I'm very close with my grandmother. She and I are very alike, especially now as a grown-up. So I told her about the encounter that I had, and she kind of laughed it off saying, Honey, there's nothing there, and I walk there every day, but I was adamant about what I saw, and she agreed that we'd go for a walk together and visit that spot. It wasn't far from her house, and we arrived there that same afternoon. We got to the crossroads, and just like she said, there was nothing there. No burrow or cave, just a, a flat spot where the crossroads met. No traces of it being dug up or buried or anything. But Grandma even asked me, are you sure that it was here? And I replied yes. She didn't think much of it, chalking it up to just childish imagination, but she told me not to venture out here on my own again. We continued our walk and I just stopped mentioning the event from then on pretty much. But to this day, even after all these years, I still remember this quite vividly. I even find it strange that I'm able to recall the details. And of course, I know memories can become distorted over time and that what we think we remember may not always be the, the full picture since our minds love to fill in the blanks, but I just don't feel that this is the case. I often contemplate what would have happened had I stepped closer or worse, tried to enter that dark cave. I've read about evil places in forests around the world or places where time and space can become warped and things of this nature. People walking into what they describe as different timelines or alternate dimensions. And perhaps this was one of these places? I don't know, but all I can do is really speculate. My grandparents don't live there anymore too. Grandpa had passed away when I was 16 years old and my grandma moved to the city in the same building as me and my folks. We still own the house and the land there, but I haven't been there since. My dad goes out there a few times a year just to check up on things and clean up a bit. According to him, the house or land have almost been consumed by all the vegetation around it. They cut the electricity, water and stuff so they wouldn't have to pay bills. So it's not very convenient staying over there or anything, but I do plan on going there sometime. Perhaps during my next time off or vacation from work or something. I really want to go back to that road, 
assuming that it still exists, and just see if I feel anything or see anything. Now that I'm an adult with an interest in the paranormal, I'm really drawn to this memory, and I just want to, I don't know, try and figure out what that may have been. So on that note, I would love it if any of you guys have also experienced something similar if you could share it. I would really appreciate to hear some of your thoughts. So let me start off by saying that paranormal is normal for my family. So ghosts, spirits, spooks, whatever you would like to call them, have never been a taboo subject for us. Growing up, you would see something and you would tell someone, and everyone listens and gives advice. And so, I grew up never being afraid of the paranormal and was taught to be respectful. My whole life, I've experienced paranormal activity, so it happens and I move on into my senior year of high school. Again, I was taught to respect the dead, so I've never gone like ghost hunting or tried messing with spirits or anything of the sort. If you do, that's fine. I, I was just taught not to, so each to their own. Anyway, senior year comes around and I was given an assignment to find ancestors in town and see how far back you could find relatives. My grandmother told me and my cousin, a junior at the time, about an old cemetery that she believed a cousin was buried in and how to get there and whatnot. So we go and find her grave and get the information. We thanked her for allowing us to gather her tombstone information and to rest in peace. But the whole time we were there, my cousin and I felt very off though, like we were being watched and not in a good way, as if there is a good way though, right? Anyway, I, I go home and everything is fine until I go to bed and have that same feeling. I'm laying in bed but staring at my door into the hallway and feeling as if someone is there just watching me. This continues for months too and I thought that I was the only one who noticed until my brother, 10 at the time, started asking me if he could sleep in my room with me because he's scared of the hallway. He told me that he felt like someone was watching him from the hallway and that it felt bad. I agreed that it wasn't a pleasant energy like what a family member or maybe just a spirit passing through feels like. This was a very dark and eerie feeling. So I told him that it was fine and we both laid in my bed staring at the hallway and felt eyes on us. We both said the Lord's Prayer and we went to bed. We're not a super religious family by any means but me and my brother felt at that moment that we needed to say that prayer for whatever reason. I graduated high school and things calmed down a little. The feelings seemed to go away is what I mean. Until that morning. You see... My mum went to work and my brother went to school. I got up and I got in the shower and as I was washing my hair, a heavy feeling just crashed down on me and again I felt like I was being watched. I turned my head to look to the side and there, on the other side of the distorted glass shower door, was a tall dark figure. I could see a head and shoulders but no other features except the red eyes. I screamed and threw open the shower door and as soon as I opened it, it was gone. I quickly closed the door to check if it was still there but whatever was there was now missing. Quickly, I got out getting dressed, wrapping my shampooed hair in a towel and leaving the house going straight to my grandmother's and told her everything, bawling my eyes out. She looked as scared as I did. 
My grandmother believes that it was a shadow person. Me and my mother had been fighting a lot, as well as full-blown screaming matches, which we never did before the trip to the cemetery. Grandma called my mum, and they called someone to cleanse our house. I never went back after that, though, and I moved out because I was just too scared to go back. But my mum sold the house, and I still get horrible feelings when I drive by it. And that is the worst paranormal experience I've ever had, but I have years of stories currently 29 so there's a fair few of them but if anyone wants more I can definitely share more honestly though be careful where you go and what you bring home with you don't make the same mistake that I did I have no idea who or what it was but I'm now terrified of that house and it took almost a year before I stopped having panic attacks in the shower after it too because man it was frightening I really discovered a love for walking and later hiking over lockdown. But there were days that I would spend hours out traveling the country roads, across fields, and through the woods. I live on the outskirts of a small town in Ireland, so the walks were a great form of exercise without using a gym. It started with me and my dad just going out for about an hour every day. But he knew that I wanted more and told me to go on my own if he wasn't up for it, or if I wanted to go further than usual. It was around July of 2021. I was 14 at the time and even though the lockdown was starting to ease, I still went walking. I decided to walk through fields instead of the roads because having to stop for cars really irks me. I came to a plot of land with trees planted and decided to splash the boots before turning back. I was almost finished too when I started hearing laughter from behind me. I pulled up my zip and buckled my belt to face whoever was there and I was surprised to see five people. None of them could have been much older than me, and one of them waved, and I walked towards them. They were between me and my way back home, so I sort of had to anyway, but the group had been talking amongst themselves, but stopped when I met them. There were three boys and two girls. They all had bags or backpacks, and were all similarly dressed in sort of dark graphic t-shirts. I remember one specifically had a, a Thrasher t-shirt as well and black cargoes with funny looking keychains. A bit of a weird sight considering things like skate culture aren't really big where I am from and anyone who's ever owned a nice piece of clothing wouldn't wear it out in a place where they could trip into a cow pat. Anyway, the guy with the Thrasher t-shirt smiled and asked, what are you doing out here? I realized that it must have been a bit weird to meet a stranger in the absolute pretty much back of nowhere so I just said, Oh, uh, I'm taking a shortcut through the back road. Another boy chimes in and says, Don't lie, I saw you taking a pee in the woods. It dawned on me that they were both too well spoken to be anyone local. I felt a little bit intimidated to be honest, so I just told him nature was calling, as jokingly as I could. To which they all laughed. I wasn't sure if it was my accent that they found funny or the fact that they caught me where I was and I was made visibly embarrassed, but... One of the two girls breaks from the laughter and pulls a face of disgust. She says, well, What are you doing with that necklace? Referring to the cross necklace that I was wearing. It didn't really scan with me how serious she was, so I just let out a chuckle, but the four others stopped laughing. The girl who spoke pulled out a book from a, a tote bag that she had worn over her shoulder and said, You've probably already ruined this by weeing everywhere on the ground anyway. 
as if I was supposed to know what this was. But the five of them all genuinely looked gutted, as if I had just genuinely ruined their day or something. I responded with, I don't really know what you mean. And all of a sudden, a, a bleating noise came out from the thrasher guy's bag. I look at him and the group starts to act sort of skittish. The girl with the book says, let's just look for a good spot, and walks past me. I turn and see the thrasher guy's backpack looks sort of lumpy. At the time, I really didn't know what was in there, but as I was nearly home, around 40 minutes later, I walk past a field with sheep and I realize that they must have stolen an animal from one of the farms. I told my parents later that day that I was away cycling. I took the bike as far away as I could and jogged to where I last saw the group disappear into the trees. I look around and there was a dead lamb with several shallow gashes all over it, with some of its wool almost pulled out. The number five in blue spray paint was still partly visible as well. I'm guessing that they left it there after cutting it and it bled out and died. I don't believe in that satanic panic antichrist thing, but I know that they were probably sacrificing this lamb for some reason or another. I was helping my friend who I told this story to with farmhand work the week after and all of his livestock were accounted for, meaning that I have a rough idea of which field they got this sheep from, but I didn't want to ask the owner in case he thought that I had something to do with its disappearance. Me and my friend went back to the wooded area too because I didn't want him to think that I was messing with him, that I was being truthful and honest, but after that I, I haven't been back since. I've been working on two Native American reservations for about a year and a half now. On the current reservation, I have not had any memorable experiences with the paranormal, but last year I had multiple at the other. The first started when I was sleeping in the basement of the house that I was in due to not having enough rooms. I was laying on my bed trying to sleep but was unable due to too much light coming in and I was night shift. As I lay there, I heard a cardboard box with some of my belongings in it drag across the floor. I turned and looked at the direction the sound came from and didn't see anything. I got up, walked around into the room. Nothing looked out of place, but I couldn't remember if that's where I left it, so I went back to bed and when I laid down I heard footsteps above me, but I knew that nobody else was in the home. I just sort of ignored it and Eventually, I fell asleep. Later, I found out other people heard footsteps in that house too, and another person saw a shadow person later in the basement. Anyway, when I came back a month later, I was in a different home. After about two weeks, I was laying in my bed on my phone when I heard a very loud knocking on my bedside table, three of them, right behind me. I turned to look, but saw nothing. A friend attempted to replicate on the window and the door and nothing sounded the same other than that table. Less than a week from then, I rolled from one side of the bed to the other and as I rolled, I saw an approximately three foot tall, all black shadow run across the foot of the bed. And I can tell you that I almost soiled myself when I saw it. I asked locals if they knew anything like that and was told about Wawila. I'm unsure of the spelling or pronunciation, but there are little people that play pranks apparently. 
after that, I never had another experience in that home after seeing it, but where I was working, there were many stories of different spirits in different areas of the facility. Late at night, walking around, I always felt like I was being watched too. One night I was sitting in my chair when, in the corner of my eye, I saw a tall opaque shadow walk into the room and disappear into the shadow of a door. I let it go as the other person in the room didn't see anything, but then they had to leave making me the only person in that room, and as I looked up, I see movement on the blinds, similar to a faint shadow of a, a tallish man sit down, wearing a, a hat of all things. I freaked out, and... I left until she came back. I asked other employees and they said that that corner used to have their table and chair and that they've seen that man come in many times and sit there. Obviously I can't confirm their sightings but what I can confirm is my own eyes. I know what I saw and it was there and it's scary to think about. When I was about five or six years old, I was brought into a hospital due to a serious infection and a large cut on my knee. Since I wasn't able to walk without taking a 30 minute break every 10 minutes, I was mostly in the room that I was given. Back then I didn't really have a good relationship with my sister so she barely stayed in my room. This was eventually where the problem started. On about my third night of my hospitalization is when I started experiencing extreme paranoia every time that I was the only one in the room. For some reason, I always thought that someone was staring at me from the bathroom doorframe, and it was the sixth night that had confirmed my fears. My sister had been watching me when my mum was at work for a few hours. Since it was her fault, I even got the infection. I didn't talk to her and just wanted to sleep. When I woke up, the TV was off. The only light were the buttons near my bed and on my bed, and my sister was gone. I couldn't really see in the dark that well, but... All of a sudden, I noticed a silhouette in the doorway of the bathroom. I knew that it wasn't sleep paralysis too because I could move just fine. So being prone to freezing up when scared, I didn't move though. The silhouette was shaped in the form of a tall figure and I could barely make out something was there, but there was definitely something. For what felt like hours too, that thing just stood there and... I stared at it and I could see it more and more as my eyes adjusted to the dark that there was somebody there. And after a while I just tried to ignore it I guess and I went back to sleep. And I know it's strange to say but I could just feel it staring at me. I tried everything too. Talking to it, squeezing my eyes shut, calling for one of the nurses or even my sister and much more but in the end I just was alone in that room with this silhouette just standing there. I ended up having to spend the whole night with it staring at me, not being able to sleep or anything. When I finally started to see the sun coming up, it just all of a sudden disappeared. I tried to tell everyone about it and nobody believed me, saying that it was just a kid's imagination. But even years later, I think about from time to time what happened that night and I get scared of shadows things shaped like what I saw those years ago but I know what I saw there was somebody there in that room with me that night who they were what they wanted I don't know but I'm certain that I saw someone there standing in the doorframe that night 
G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.